0: Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message.
1: If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Isaiah chapter 58, 58, When I was in high school, I was in youth group at a, at a um, Reformed theology anti-charismatic church. <laughs> just was what, is what it was, right? Like, I mean, that's just what it was, right? So, and one of their favorite verses is Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, which says, God's arm is not too short to save and his ear is not too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from God, right? Truth, right? There's a separation that's there because of our sin and our iniquity where we have missed it. I think we can all agree that the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We can agree that, that God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right? Amen? The, in Second um, Corinthians 5, it says that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, all things pass away. Behold, all things become new. It is really important to know that you become new because of the blood of Jesus. And without the blood of Jesus, there is a separation. This is the simple gospel. We have to keep the simple gospel in front of us. Because if we don't keep the simple gospel in front of us, we will now become more concerned with moons, times, seasons, the ancient pathways. We'll we'll be concerned more with all this stuff. and, And yet Jesus is very interested in making sure now there's value in the moons. There's value in the feasts. There's value in all of that. There's so much we can learn from all that, but if we don't keep the simple gospel of the goodness of Jesus Christ in front of us, we'll no longer minister to the lost. We'll focus on believers. And we will become insular and we'll only have conversations with other believers who are interested in believer thingies. <laughs> yeah, oh, it is now. So I'm not sure that's a word. I said, it is now. Come on, believer thingies. Okay? So, I want to make sure that as we talk about vision, as we talk about how do we get to where we're going, we have to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ in front of us. Because it is the good news of Jesus Christ that brings people to know him. Right? Romans says that it's the kindness of God that leads people to change their mind to repent. It's his kindness that does it. I don't care what lifestyle someone's living. I'm telling you right now, I don't care. I don't care. Listen, Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship with you. That's simple. Jesus loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Now, if you come to Jesus to receive all of that love, It will cost you everything. Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. So the cost of the good news is that we no longer live life for ourselves. We live our lives under God and welcome to the greatest adventure you could ever live. Welcome to the most joy you could ever experience. But Pastor it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel joyful. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel. There's a reason why he said take up your cross daily. Because crucifying your flesh is not fun. But it is everything to being able to live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's everything. So we need to get back to our really, 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 really big yes. We need to get back to our really, the biggest yes we could ever have. And it's, God, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do. No matter how I feel about it, I'll do it. No matter how afraid I am, you'll give me the courage. Come on, are you guys with me? We have to get back to the big yes of obedience, of just saying yes to whatever it is that God asks us to do. Many of us made that decision right up front and we've been just walking in favor and going, wow, this is amazing. Look at what God does. And some of us have been pounding our head against the brick wall over and over and over. Let me just say, if you feel like you've been pounding your head against the brick wall, take some time to step back and say, God, what are you asking me to say yes to today? Just for today. What is it that you have for me today? Because a lifestyle of obedience starts with one obedient step at a time. But I'm not feeling anything. Just keep obeying. He shows up. He shows up. And you know what's funny? is that we still think that we're the best judges of fruit. We still think we get to be the best judges of good fruit because we want it in our time to taste the way we want it. We want it to look the way we want it, right? And yet when God produces fruit, sometimes it doesn't match anything of what I thought it was going to look like at all. But it tastes so much better than I thought it would. So can we get back to a big yes, to just saying yes to whatever Jesus has for us as a church? As many of you made commitments two weeks ago when Elizabeth was here about outreach. You made commitments about, you had a big yes in your spirit about, these are things that I'm going to do. And I, you know what? We're going to be accountable to our yeses. So if you felt like God wanted you to do outreach every two weeks, it's been two weeks. Let's go. Amen? Because the Christian life has to be plastic, not elastic. Do you know what I mean by that? Anybody here have stretchy pants? Okay? Some of us have stretchy pants, right? Whether it's sweats or, you know, workout clothes or whatever, they're stretchy. Okay? Some of us ebb and flow a little more than others, okay? So we got stretchy pants, right, in the terms of Nacho Libre. So, elastic, stretch your pants or to take whatever shape is there, right? It's elastic. You can pull it wide and it goes whoop, and it, it'll come back down to this old shape. We do not want to be like that. When God sets us in a new form, we need to be plastic. We need to take on the new shape and just stay in the new shape and not Go back to the old way. We must become plastic, not elastic. God's calling us into a season of new change, new growth. He's gonna heat you up a little bit so he can shape you like plastic is shaped, right? It'll get the plastic warm and it'll take on the new shape, but when it cools off, it stays right where it was. Takes on a new shape. It is time to take on a new shape, church. We cannot become elastic and go back to the old ways of comfort, like my stretchy pants. Right? Okay. You guys all right? So I want to launch into this morning talking about vision just just to remind us that we have to have a really big yes to the Lord, and we have to be willing to take whatever shape He's calling us to take. Are you guys okay with that? All right. Are you guys okay? You guys everybody doing all right this morning? What's up? Isaiah 58, 10 through 12 is the one that we're focused on today. I quoted uh, Isaiah 59, 1, and uh, Romans 5, 8, Romans 3, 23, and Romans 6, 23. Okay. Those were a bunch of the verses that I went through on the gospel. Little Romans Road, classic four step gospel presentation that I had drilled into me. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. To have scripture drilled into you is a good thing. All right. So if you have your handouts, we've got a mission and a vision on one side. And on the other side, we have the values of our culture. Okay? And values, these values are things that we aspire to. They're things that we, we're not perfect at, but we go after. We want, to, we want to live lives this way. We do not get it perfect. So leave your judgment at the door, please. 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 We try hard. And when we get it wrong, we try to, as best as we can, take 100% of ownership of whatever our part is. Right? Okay. So that's the values of the culture we're going to talk about the mission and vision real quick um, but i'm going to read isaiah 58 10 through 12 first it says this if you extend your soul to the hungry and you satisfy the afflicted soul then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noon day the lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of waters, whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build up the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairers Of the breach, restore of streets to dwell in. This is, um, when I got saved in 04, I lived in a master's commission. I actually lived inside of the church, right? They actually had like, like old choir closets back there that they converted into two apartments. Okay, And we housed a bunch of men in there because I was struggling with addiction and we were trying to figure out how best to, number one, get sober, number two, get discipled, and really give my life to Jesus, right? Like really lay everything down. And so my family and I all agreed it was best for me not to go around old haunts, not to drive down the old streets, because I had zero self-control. I didn't. I just didn't. And so they're like, "All right, we're going to move you to this Assembly of God in Sweet Home, Oregon." And if anybody knows Sweet Home, it's it doesn't feel like home, and it's not very sweet, but it's great town, great little town. But it was a really awkward place for me, right? So I go there, and I'm living, and I'm in this Masters Commission. I'm I'm doing my Bible studies. I'm just seeking the Lord. I was there for eight months, and um, in that period of time, this scripture was highlighted to me by the by. The old man, his name was Larry, and he ran the, the, um, the food pantry in the church. They had converted an old classroom. It was a huge facility, but they converted an old classroom into a food pantry. And part of my role in the Master's Commission was just to go set up these food boxes, and we'd go deliver it to meth houses. Right, because it's a really meth ridden area. So we go down, we deliver these food boxes to meth houses, and we get to pray for people, pray for their healing. We I saw this one gal who'd been an addict for 22 years get radically saved. She went into Teen Challenge and and just had a radical transformation because we delivered a food box and the presence of God came. Okay, so this is a little bit of my 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 heritage in the Lord was just delivering food. And when, when Larry one day is like, you should read this passage, and he points to this Isaiah 58. I read it, and I read it, and I read it, and then I memorized it, and I couldn't get away from it no matter what I've done. I can't get away from these scriptures. See, Jesus put these scriptures as a seal on me Saying this is, he told me I was going to pastor when I was 12. I ran from that. I ran hard. I did everything I could to ruin my reputation, to ruin my family, to ruin my life. See, he he put these scriptures on me and said, when I... I came out of Master's Commission there, and the Lord said, you need to be a dad. You need to be a father. My kids lived up here. So I left Sweet Home, got sober, eight months, moved up here, um, actually moved in with my ex-in-laws. Awkward, but it was okay, right? They're godly Christian people, right? And they understood grace. They understood forgiveness. And I, I stayed with them, lived with them for about six months, and then I moved in with a guy in this church. The first time I walked onto this property, the Lord said, Chris, you're going to pastor this church one day. And I rebuked the devil. <laughs> I'm serious, I did. I did, I rebuked the devil. I'm like, you're so proud. You're so arrogant. Who are you? You're still struggling with alcohol. Who are you to even think that you could even pastor a church? So, no, there's just like, just get mentored. So Pastor Dean Hackett, who was pastoring here, before this was all built, it was just over there, just the fellowship hall all we had, right? That was the whole church at the time. And so, um, you know, I've been part of this whole thing. I've been here since uh, 2005, July of 05 is when I moved here. And and in October, I got involved here, okay? Um, And Dean actually came here in June of 05. So it's kind of a cool, cool deal. God just knew what he was doing. So I just knew I needed to get mentored. I got mentored. And this passage of scripture, as I knew later on that that I was going to be teaching classes and God gave me an opportunity to teach Sunday school and then work with teens. And God was just, you know, setting me up for leadership here, leadership there. I got voted on as an elder and, you know, all that kind of stuff here at this church right here, right? And I couldn't get away from Isaiah 58, and then we had a, a dean had left. We had another pastor came in. Uh, that pastor came in. And then about three weeks later, I met Mika. And we dated for two years to the day. Got married. Two weeks later, that pastor resigned. And it was okay, Chris, now it's your turn. Right? Uh, with much fear and trembling, we were offered a position, didn't ask for it. We were offered it. The Lord was speaking. He was moving. We didn't lobby for it. The question came, would you be willing? Mika and I had to ask ourselves, would we be willing to lead this thing, whatever this thing is? And we said yes. We said yes. We asked and we said yes. That was in 2010, June of 2010, that we were asked to lead this movement here. Let me tell you what, everything that we did in the dreaming and the planning and what kind of ministry would we build, it comes back to this verse. It's not right to say that a verse can haunt you, but it's on me, okay? Isaiah 58, if you extend your soul to the hungry, if you satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall shine In the darkness, and the darkness will be as the noon day. You know what? The Lord will guide you continually. He will satisfy your soul in drought. He's going to strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among us, those from among you, those from among here, are going to build up the old waste places. Right? This is our verse. These are our verses. We will build up the old waste places. We will raise up the foundations of many generations. We're doing a generational work, not just the regional work. We'll raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. One of the most common prophetic words I get is that I'm a bridge builder. Well, God called me the repairer of the breach a long time ago. And that's one of the, one of the strengths on our ministry is we look at how are we going to see revival Idaho happen, Right? seeing the entire state come to know Jesus, it's because we're going to repair breaches and we're going to restore streets. So what is our mission here? Well, if you look on your paper, you'll see it right there, mission. Will you say it with me? Usher in the kingdom of God through the complete transformation of a region. All right, that's the mission. We want to see the kingdom of God come through the transformation of a region. Well, what does that mean? Well, listen, as a congregation of people from all different backgrounds and stripes, we want nothing less than revival. Revival is God's empowering presence changing lives. It's His presence changing lives. That's what revival is. Revival isn't going back to a social norm. Revival is not about, they all voted conservative, that's revival. No, revival is about God's transformative presence changing hearts and minds throughout the region. Amen? So we've gathered here to bring heaven to earth. Where the entire community glorifies God and has given their life to Jesus. It's not just a Kumbaya Club. We fully we see that that the entire community, the hardest, most jaded anti-Christians get saved because the presence is here. Those who were... Abusers become lambs, gentle. Those who've been abused get the healing they need, and they become empowered to live a full life without that trauma hanging over them anymore. Are you with me? We need to see the transformation of this region. We know that we are having an impact as systemic poverty declines. And you'll see there at the bottom of that paragraph, you'll see four items that indicate what systemic poverty is. Systemic poverty has to do with physical poverty. Okay, physical poverty is that we don't have enough money to live, right? Physical poverty. We see that that starts declining when the kingdom of heaven comes. Needs are being met supernaturally and the economy of God is lifting everyone out of poverty. The next one is motivational poverty. Motivational poverty is why we have high unemployment. So when people are motivated to do what God asks them to do, they will go to work. Simple as that. See, when the presence of God comes, you're not lacking motivation anymore. Poverty begins to go down. Why? Because people are motivated. Do you know how powerful the entrepreneurial spirit is on this region right here? It's insanely, insanely strong. I've got prophetic people who are in business who travel all over the world, and they show up in Sampo, and they're like, "Oh, I'm starting a business here." They're like, "There is something on this place. It is crazy. Motivational poverty, when we encounter the goodness of God, we're willing to do what it takes. I'm not going to stay at home on my Xbox." the teens need motivation they need vision that comes when the presence of god comes into a region motivational poverty is declining which means that there's motivational wealth which means that people are motivated to do good to do the things that god has for them to do amen Next one is relational poverty. We see that it's very interesting. A lot of people who have extreme wealth have very high relational poverty. They don't have good relationships with much people, many people. And yet there's people who have very, very high physical poverty, but they've built a network they can lean into whenever they've got a need. Right? So not everybody's poor. We have to redefine wealth because there's a relational wealth when you know like, oh man, My car broke down. I'm going to call Uncle Joe, who's going to talk to his guy, and they're going to get together, and they can fix it in a day because I have a need, right? So relational wealth means that marriages are healing and becoming whole, It means that the hearts of the fathers have turned to the children and the children to the fathers. It means that we are now living in a place where relational healing, forgiveness, is is flowing easier. It becomes easy to forgive when the kingdom of God is present. It actually becomes really uncomfortable to harbor unforgiveness when the kingdom, when the presence of God is here. Isn't it? It becomes really hard to be like, God, you love me so much, but I hate them. It's just hard to do. When you encounter the love of God, it's like, oh, Lord, you're so good. Freely I have received. Freely I give. Right? That's the response that comes when the presence of God transforms a region. The last one is spiritual poverty. Poverty. People are not going to be looking to witchcraft in the new age. They're not going to be looking for the latest spiritual guru to give them some TikTok advice. They'll have a connection with the king. They'll know who he is. You know how they'll know who he is? Because they will have seen him in you. Let your light shine so that others may see and glorify the Father in heaven, right? So how do we know that we're in revival? Well, we can measure it. Did you know that? We can measure it by these four areas, physical. Poverty, motivational poverty, relational poverty, and spiritual poverty. they all All those areas of poverty decline. Wealth in each of those areas begins to rise. Why? Because God is doing something transformative in a region. Guys, we're the tip of the spear. Can I just say, I'm okay saying it. I know that I'm called to lead the charge. And since you're with me, we're going to see revival. You're going to honor the Lord. You're going to obey God. You're going to go exactly where God's telling you to go. We are at the tip of the spear to seeing God transform a region. I can't can't tell you how many times I've had people say, people are going to fly to your church to get training on how to change a region. I, just like a month ago, well, no, in August, somebody's like, you're going to have Harvard businessmen coming to you saying, how do we do this? We've tried to figure this thing out for decades. Where are they coming? They're coming here. Why? Because the fruit that God gives us is a direct result from our radical obedience. It's all His, Right? It's all his. I get excited talking about it because I've seen it in here. We had a, a gentleman, Dustin Johnson. I don't know if anybody knows, remembers Dustin. You might remember Dustin. Um, you guys might remember Dustin. He was a, a teacher at the NAS, at the Christian School for a little while, and uh, he came. He was here for a while. We had these. Um, we would have these worship nights. On Friday nights, some people would just have radical encounters, get all types of wrecked. And he was like, he, I remember he was sitting over there and his eyes got huge. And he's looking over at this wall and he's doing this. He's having an open vision of a train coming through this through the sanctuary. The train would stop. The doors would open and limbs would fall out. Arms, hands, feet, legs, they just would fall out. I'm like, what? Okay, what's going on, Dustin? That's weird. And he's like, no, we've got to go pick up the legs because they're the whole legs. That's the whole limb. It's the whole, it's like this is the healing. God is dropping off all the parts for people's healing here. We've got to be willing to pick it up and go take it to them. That was a word he had. That one stuck with me. A little while later, he sees it gone, he opens it up and just gold starts falling out of it. Right? Like all the provision that we need to do the work, it's already, God's already dropped it off. He's already dropped off all the healing for everybody. He's already done all the work. We've, it's our job to say, yes, Lord, we will take that fresh leg to the person who's got the broken one. Tim, stand up. He just had surgery on his knee. Go ahead, Mike. Come on over. Just put your hands on him. See, God's already provided the healing. He's already provided it. Yeah, we overcome every objection to healing in Jesus' name. Just say, be healed. Swelling has to go. Tendons fully repaired. In Jesus' name. We have to be bold to drop off a new knee. We have to be bold to drop off the healing that God has already paid for. Jesus paid for it. Be healed in Jesus' name. Beal, now I want you to stretch that knee back and forth and tell me how it feels. Sure. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can you put any weight on it? How much improvement? Come on, that's an amen. Hallelujah. So, this is, I'm literally telling you, Tim walk out your healing. <laughs> amen. Amen. Come on, will you guys give God praise again? Hallelujah. See, the Lord is asking us to become more bold, to take more risk.
0: (laughs) Ha ha!
1: All right. So, what's the vision? Where are we going? That's the mission. This is the purpose, is revival and the transformation of a region. Amen? Okay, now. As far as who we are, we are a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. By refuge for healing, what does that mean? It means that we are a place where anybody who's broken can get healing. Anybody who's broken can come and get healing. I'll say it again. Anybody. 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 You don't got to look a certain way. You don't got to act a certain way. You can cuss up a storm. I mean, I could tell stories about people trying to say, are you, how religious are you? I'm going to talk about this topic and see how bad you twitch. Okay. There's a grace on us as a church to love people unconditionally. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Right? Amen? That's their phrase. As we say it all the time. We love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's a grace on this church to love people who no one else will love. Don't be afraid to invite people here. Yeah, it might get weird. Oh, not everybody's used to flags. Not everybody's used to Somebody on the platform, shabba dabba doing, speaking in tongues, right? Can I let me just tell you, they just need an encounter with the Lord. They just need an encounter with the presence of God. And if you're showing up here every single Sunday judging the worship, and if you're showing up here judging the preaching about whether or not it's good enough for me, you're not actually adding to the presence of the Lord. You're not bringing anything. You're a consumer. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you should go to church to consume. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that the gathering of the believers is so that you can feel better about yourself. You know what it says? It says that we get to gather for the sake of fellowship and encouragement. Encouragement is about getting more courage. Getting more boldness. We get to have more boldness when we come together because there is... Something that happens corporately that comes on this church as we worship, as we all come to give, and we have conversations with one another, to give as we sow into each other's lives instead of going, well, they didn't talk to me. What's their problem? How about you go talk to them? I know, rocket science. I'm blowing people's minds this morning. Come on. We have to get back to the core fundamental. I come together as a corporate body. We gather together to put Jesus on the throne and get plans for battle. See, God will do some amazing things when he's on the throne. He'll begin to speak, he'll heal, he'll begin to move in dynamic and powerful ways. And we want to give Jesus all the freedom, the Holy Spirit, all the freedom he needs to do everything he wants to do in every single service. We really want that. It's easy to get stuck going through the motions. My alarm is set at the same time every day. But sometimes He wakes me up early. I have to be open to the interruption. Whatever God wants to do. We have to be able to do that here. Because when God's moving, people are healed. When God's moving, words are being spoken over the health of the life of somebody's life. The first time that the word ecclesia, which is the word for church, right, or gathering... Right, The first time that that word is used when it's translated into Hebrew is when when God gathered all the people at the base of Mount Sinai. They had gone through all of the process of the craziness of, of the two tablets and the golden calf and all that stuff happened. And then he says, okay, call everybody together. I want a full gathering of all the people. This is after they had to drink the gold water and all the weird stuff, right? To purify them. So gathers them all together. He goes, okay, now you're going to take some territory now. We're going to go a little bit further and you're going to go to battle. You're going to go to war and you're going to take on the giants that are in the, not in the promised land, but you're going to take on all these other nations that are here. You're going to go to war in order to get to your promised land, right? That's the first time that the word ecclesia is used. The Greek term is translated into the Hebrew and the Septuagint. So the first time that it's used is when God gathers all of the children of Israel together at the base of Mount Sinai for Moses to give battle plans. How are you going to take territory? So for me, gathering together is not kumbaya. It's we need to be on mission. God, what do you have for us to do? Yeah, we will teach you how to live a culture of honor, how to communicate well, not aggressively or passively or passive aggressively. We will have these conversations about how do we become better at being a believer. We'll have those conversations, but every single Sunday, you need to be walking away with a sense of, God, you're asking me to go here and to do this this week. And I trust that whatever I'm preaching, the voice within my voice is speaking unto your heart. How we doing? Sweet. All right. I'm going to read through this list at Harvest Valley. We are a training center for marketplace ministers of all ages. At Harvest Valley, we are a training center for transformational church leaders across the globe. At Harvest Valley, we are a beacon of entrepreneurial success. That means that we are creative, we create solutions, and we start businesses. People who are here should be, have the freedom to start businesses, know that they're going to be supported. They're going to get some counsel, some wisdom, and you will see business after business in this congregation thrive. I'm amazed at how many people align with our ministry and suddenly they're like, business is just favor, favor, favor. And they're like, oh my gosh, I got favor everywhere now. It's part of our call on our house. It is. It is. We are a cooperative church working with government authorities Schools and social services. We are going to reach the needy where they are at, and we are going to partner with the people who are already doing it. Because guess what? They need a dose of righteousness in the government. And here we are. Here we are. Get involved. Be a light in a dark place. Amen. Woo. We are a model of success in eliminating addiction and domestic violence. See, we take the broken abused and the broken abuser and we see them healed. We see the addict who's stuck in a miry pit and we see them set free. All right. <sighs> On the back, you'll see the values of our culture. I'm just going to read these really quickly. Um, I've actually done some sermon series. You can go to hvwc.com, click culture, um, our values. I think it's it's under vision and values, I think is the name of the series, and you'll see a bunch of these that were preached. Um Service, focusing on others and acting for their benefit in the name of Jesus Christ, right? That's the core value of our culture. Generosity, we are faithful to devise and invent strategies to give in every way. We want to give financially, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. We want to give of our whole self to people, not just money, generosity and everything. We want to communicate well. Communication is conveying ideas, thoughts, and feelings with grace, honor, and the spirit of prophecy. What's the spirit of prophecy? Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So we need to communicate the way Jesus would communicate, which is grace, then love, then truth. But we don't neglect love, and we don't neglect truth, and we can't neglect grace. we got to do all three. Grace, love, and truth. We have hard conversations today for the healthy relationships of tomorrow. Boy, some people don't like that. Just let me float in my deception, please. Just let me just let me be deceived. Don't confront me. Don't have a hard conversation because you're concerned. We don't want that. That might make me uncomfortable. We have the hard conversations today for the sake of a healthy relationship tomorrow. So, if we have to have a hard conversation, it's going to be in love and grace and truth. It's going to be with the desire to understand instead of just tell you what to do. Because we are a house that really prizes freedom as a primary value, too, right? So, we don't want to control you or tell you what to do. You're free, you're totally free. We want you with us. We want you running with us. But sometimes hard conversations have to happen. Why? So we can be healthy together. Huh, Dennis? Amen. Amen. Next is stewardship. This is managing heaven's resources for the Father's business. The heart's cry of a good steward is it, it will never be mine, it will always be yours. Right? Care. Uh, I. That's becoming kind of a life message for me. It's been pretty fun to see. I've preached it in four or five different locations now and just been like firefalls. I'm like, what? This message is awesome. Character. We live according to truth, having boldness and in integrity, compassion, and humility. We live life according to the life and love of Jesus. Okay. Godly character. And lastly, excellence, we have a no-limits mindset. Every time we go, well, God can't do that, or we begin to put a limit on something, we're no longer looking at excellence, right? Excellence is, the word excellence is actually the picture of somebody with a bow and arrow, right? And it's not about hitting the center of the target. It's about going further than the target. Excellence isn't about hitting it perfectly, It's about can you go further than you've done before. So we have to have a no limits mindset that says I'm not going to be limited by my preconceived idea of what God can or can't do. I'm not going to be limited when my generosity because I've never seen God pour out an extravagant blessing when he's asking me to give extravagantly. That's not excellence. If God's asking you to give extravagantly, give extravagantly and see what He does. That's excellent, right? It's going beyond where you've been before, right? All right. We do the best we can with what we got every chance we get. That's excellence. Doing the best we can with what we got every chance we get. Amen? All right. So... Wanted to review the values. I want to talk about the vision and the mission. And I'm going to close again by reading this scripture. And if you'll stand with me to the reading, that'd be great. And then we'll we'll close out in prayer. In November, the beginning of November, our core team's getting a day away and we're praying into the vision for 2023, what God is saying over 2023. If you feel like um, there's something specifically on... Um, harvest valley for next year you feel like there's a prophetic word will you come see me and just tell me what that is you feel free to email me text me write it down give it to me so i can remember it okay um, i appreciate that we love all the input as we lay everything before the lord again and we say god just tell us what you want us to do this year and this last year he gave us three sermon series that he wanted us to preach to deal with three demonic in the region So we'll see what he does next year. There's freedom. Freedom coming. It's going to be good. All right, Isaiah 58.10 says, If you extend your soul to the hungry and you satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairs of the breach, the restorers of streets to dwell in. Father, we are extremely grateful for vision and we're thankful for this mission you've given this house. Forgive us when uh, we've experienced mission creep and we've invested our time, energy, and money that things that you haven't asked us to do for our own personal lives as much as it is for this church. Father, we set our hearts to come back to revival. We set our hearts to come back to your presence changing this region. We come back to, to the simplicity of being a light in the darkness. Father, I pray that you begin to illuminate a path for each person here to meet a need, to repair a breach, to restore a street, to extend their soul to those who are hungry for you. That they would not treat The broken clinically but relationally they would connect and love on them. Father I pray that you would highlight to us those whose souls are afflicted in this region. So we might come alongside and say there's something you can drink. There's something you can eat that will satisfy. Jesus said that he is the bread of life. And his blood is the wine that heals. I thank you, God, that no matter where we go, you will always keep us and protect us. I thank you, God, that no matter what risks we take, you are here. No matter what choice we make in pursuit of you, if we get it wrong, you're there. If we get it right, you're there. But God, give us the boldness to take action. Give us the boldness to try our best to listen and move according to your spirit. And God, may this be a house where your presence dwells. May this be a place on whatever day it is, people come and encounter you. Lord, I'm asking that you manifest and abide in this place in a powerful, unique way. As a community, we come together and that your presence would transform and change. Change hearts and minds. And Father, we would leave overflowing and dripping with your anointing. That we would leave here coming away with far more than what we walked in with. Father, that Your presence would transform us as we worship, as we come together, and as we discover what it is You have for us. God, may our hearts be completely transformed and changed. and May, may we let go of all of our excuses for failure. But let us, God, let us let go of all of the reasons why we don't press past our comfort zone. God, You have such an exciting life of faith for each of us to walk into, to go miracle upon miracle upon miracle. So God, will you increase our faith, increase our faith to step into miracle after miracle. God, to, to move into places, God, where we have never been before so that you can show up Father, you've given us this state as a territory. You gave us Idaho. And I pray, God, that those righteous men and women who are seeking revival, that you would give them courage. You would give them strength right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that you'd give them the ability to live a lifestyle of reconciliation, repairing the breach and restoring the streets. I thank you, God, when you call us into a mission, when you give us a vision, you ask us to play our part, and you take care of the fruit. Lord, I'm praying that you would strengthen our yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to give an opportunity for a couple of our people to share. I got a feeling a couple of you want to share something um, that you feel like the Lord was kind of putting on your heart even during the message. Um, Specifically, I'll talk to the two people that were highlighted, John LaPointe and Lisa Marcus. Hold the button down until it turns green.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, everything you just said about being bold and stepping up and you know, all that. Um, and it started, as you were talking about, even before that, for me, it started when I met Jerry today. I haven't seen Jerry in a long time. And he, he mentioned in our conversation that his back was hurting and I didn't pray for him then, just then like I should have, instead of waiting for a, a good time. <laughs> but it's a matter of risk. It's a yep. matter of stepping out and That's being good. bold. And so I was going to invite Jerry up at the end of it. Right now, Jerry, come on up. I wanna, we want to heal you back and, um, and do it now, not wait till another time, because I don't think there is another time. Amen. So. Amen. Jerry, if you just stand right there, I'm going to put my hand on your back and we're going to pray as congregation. Anybody else would like to come up and put their hand on Jerry. We can pray and get his back healed. Yep. Uh, Thank you, Lord. And, and the thing is, is that it's been two weeks since Elizabeth was here. And now we're talking about continuing to pray and heal people in this town Uh, we need to do it now. We don't want to wait another week. Come on, amen. So let's start here with Jerry. So, Lord, I pray that your presence comes upon him, that it comes upon all of us, Lord, that we would bless him, bless him mightily, bless him with healing, bless him so he can go back to work, Lord. He's been out of work now because of his back, and he needs to be productive. And, and Lord, I just ask for favor and blessings. Lord, that you would put everything back together that was torn apart and whatever was happening with uh, his actions that caused this, Lord, that he would have a mighty healing here that he would have right now. He would feel that warmth going through his back and that it would start to just feel like warm butter going all the way through his body and it would put all those muscles and tendons and everything else back to where they belong and that he would be healed, healed in a mighty way where he can run and jump and he won't feel any pain whatsoever, Lord. I just pray that in your mighty name of Jesus, God. Anyone else have something they want to say? Uh, Just Lord, I just bless him, bless him in a mighty way. And all of us out there who know that we need to start doing this on a regular basis, going into the workplace, Walmart, doesn't matter where it is, that we would start to just have God put it on our hearts, a certain person, a certain time, a certain place where we would go and do some healing. In Jesus' mighty name.
0: You, Father, everything would be in alignment with You, Lord. Spirit, soul, and body.
2: Yes, that's how healing takes place. It has to run through God. God has to be the one to do the healing. It's not us. It's just through our actions, Lord. God, we just ask that You remove the
0: trauma that's back, God. Move everything that is built up inside of him, everything that no longer yes, serves Lord. him, God. You release, mm-hmm. you release your hold on him, devil, and just let him go. And you just heal this back in the meantime. Let him
3: walk free mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask these things,
2: yes, Lord.
1: So whatever
0: is trying to tell you opposite, mm-hmm. it's a lie, yes. okay? Mm-hmm. You are worthy, mm-hmm. and he has paid the price mm-hmm. for your healing, mm-hmm. and he just wants you to accept it, yes. okay? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about, you ha- you don't have to work hard at it, you just have to accept it, yes. and you have to realize that yes. you are blessed, and you are worthy, mm-hmm. yes. and he loves you so very much. <laughs> Okay. Accepted. Mm-hmm. And you're accepted, yes. yeah. 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 You're it's accepted. Like There's nothing in your past yes. that can discount yes. what God has for you, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. There's nothing that disqualifies you, okay? You're qualified yes. because of him, mm-hmm. okay? I want you to know that you are blessed and you're special mm-hmm. and God loves you very much. He yep. wants you to draw your strength from Him mm-hmm. every moment mm-hmm. of every day. If that pain starts coming in, focus on Him yes. and ask Him yes. to relieve Amen. it yes. and rebuke the devil in that moment in the name yes. of Jesus Christ. Yes. Every time, yes. every yes. single time, yes. right. so you have Lord. the power within you because He Thank is you. With you. He's yes. going to make you Lean stand in. up
2: straight, Jerry. Yes. Yes. Lean in. Yes. Stand up yes. straight, yes. And Jerry. I yes. feel like the Lord's going to come around you mm-hmm. and love you like you.
0: Yes, Amen. Yes. feel a yes. closeness
3: yes. to him that you've never felt mm-hmm. because yes. he loves you so mm-hmm.
0: much. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, thank
1: you. Lord. Yeah. Love heals, yeah. love heals How do you feel? better than I did earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he said, Better than I did earlier. Amen. I feel good. Yep, amen. I mean, that's hallelujah. a
2: blessing, that's a plus. plus. Yeah.
1: Come on. Yes. Come on. Come on. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. 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 Yes.
2: I believe that you're worthy. You are worthy.
1: So good, thank you Lord.
2: Amen. the hard way. Yeah. I come we, on. Lift,
1: we lift the burden. We yep. lift the weight yep. off. Yep, you know. yep, that's good. We lift yep.
2: off the weight of your mm. past,
1: Jerry. Yep, yes. come on. The weight is causing your back
2: to hurt. We yep. lift it off. Yes. Yes. We take it all yes. Every bit of it. Yes. Yes. We take it all off. Yes. 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 And
0: that,
2: that spirit of trauma, that's why I was going to pray too. That, that spirit of trauma has no place on you any yes, longer, right. and he has to that's go. Right, yeah. That spirit of trauma, the, the, the trauma mm-hmm. of everything you've been through in your whole life. Mm-hmm. And he, Thank and you, if Lord. It's familiar. You're familiar with it, mm-hmm. and no more. You know, So, so we just long? bind that. We bind that familiar spirit in the name okay. of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We bind that mm-hmm. spirit of trauma over mm-hmm. Jerry and Jesus. Yes. In
1: name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. Amen. Amen. How's it feeling? Okay. I think the origin of some of your problems is that your legs sit out I'm going to give that to you, but let's let's just check this out. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah,
2: that, uh, all the way back all the way back both sides. What you, got, what you, you got, got, you got, one leg shorter here. than the other. This one's much longer. It's like almost an inch, probably. Not.
1: Here it comes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yep, Yeah. Thank you, Lord. See bold acts of faith, church. Shatara Yep. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank,
2: mm-hmm.
0: thank you Lord.
1: Thank you Lord. Lord. thank You Lord <laughs> hallelujah <Thank you, Lord. laughs> yeah at least a half inch so far
2: thank you Lord
1: Yep. Yep. Thank you, Lord. Match
2: them up. Match them up. Keep going. Keep going. There are any kids <laughs> in
1: here? No. I just love the way
2: that Elizabeth used the children.
1: Well, the heels are pretty close. Yes,
2: they are. Yep. Not quite there yet. They were about three quarters.
1: Yep. Thank you, Lord. Do you feel
2: that? Do
1: Okay. He's got a lot of heat on his leg. He's probably grown out about a half inch. Finish it. Finish it. Will you guys say it with me? Finish it. Holy Spirit, come. Finish it. Finish it. We just say finish it in Jesus' name. Okay, okay. (laughs) Come on. <laughs> See, God doesn't just heal one thing. Yeah. Stand up. Okay, I want you to walk around a little bit, because we just watched your leg grow out. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no pain. No pain. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we just watched God grow his leg out about three quarters of an inch. Come on. <laughs> oh. come on. We'll 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 follow up a little more. Yeah. Right. Yeah: Yeah, we're going to give it He's got some people talking to him. I'm going to let Lisa will you share real quick, and then yeah. we'll.
0: So the Lord's really been just speaking to me lately about, um, you know, I know we, we've been doing the physical healing and stuff, but I believe he starts with the emotional part. And he's got to remove the, like we prayed for him for the trauma to be removed and how worthy he is. we started speaking to his identity and everything, and then it aligned in his body. And I think there's just something that a lot of times we try to go just for the body. Uh And sometimes the Lord wants us to say, okay, let's go... Let's see where the root area is. Yeah. Let's yeah. see where the trauma is. Let's see where the, the lies have been implanted in that person's spirit. Let's, uh-huh. let's look at that. And let's st- start speaking life and alignment yep. and, and, and just how much they're loved. And like Dennis said, just about experiencing his love. Love heals. God is love. And so he heals. And then look at... Now, Jerry take a walk. Back we saw we saw your leg grow out because um, Richard had a word of no knowledge pain? there with that. No, no pain
3: Yeah
0: yeah. So I just want to encourage everybody to when they, when they're praying for someone, for physical healing, to ask the Lord <laughs> to give you a deeper revelation of what they need. Because uh, uh, most of the time, our the physical part you know, is just the outward manifestation of, of what's going on inside. Yeah, come on. So we've got to like, okay, what's going on inside? And let's deal with that. And then that, you know, will come on. manifest Ooh. on the outside. It's,
1: it's all, right? Yeah. It's both and, right? Jerry, come on up. He just said this is the second time he's been healed, being here at Harvest.
3: So the first time was at men's group at Jim Kubiak's house. The guys prayed for me, and nobody had mentioned anything about healing in my eye or healing in the vision that was lost. I sent the head of a nail through my eye when I was a little kid. I lost the vision in my right eye. Went to men's group at Jim's house. The guys prayed for me. And I woke up the next morning, and my vision, my vision in my right eye is now better than the vision in my left eye. Mm. And I just, for me, when that happened, it was a big wake-up call. Come on. And, and yeah. now this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, God loves you yeah. so much. God loves Jerry. Yeah, I'm yeah come on, man. Very
3: rarely am I speechless. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh-huh, yep, yep. Well, praise God. Will you guys give God a round of applause, please? <laughs> I want to encourage you, if you've been contending for healing for a long time in your body, um, in, in different areas, um, you know, there's something around this mustard seed faith, this little bit of faith. One of the cool things about the mustard seed is that it's not just the smallest, but it's the longest gestation of any seed. It's the longest. So by the time that thing begins to sprout to the time you see it's longer than any other seed. So, don't lose hope around your healing. Terry, don't lose hope. Ben, don't lose hope. Tim, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope, John. Don't lose hope. He is the God of hope, and your faith will persist. Amen? Come on, will you guys give God a round of applause? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, let's go keep doing what we're supposed to do, right?
0: Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.